Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Put up your hand if you've ever been stressed out before. Put up your hand if you were stressed out today at some point. Put up your hand if you are a GWS supporter and you were stressed out yesterday. Okay, that's, that's a good thing. I didn't think we were going to have any GWS supporters. Any Richmond supporters in the house? Yeah. Who's excited? It's very exciting. Very exciting. Um, but hey, we all get stressed out, okay? There are times in our lives where we can experience real stress. And sometimes the stresses and the anxieties that we go through from day to day, they can kind of build up internally and it can get to the point where you have no more rest in your soul. Like deep down inside, inside of you, you just don't feel right. And you can start to lose peace in your life. And I think that it is very real in 2019, um, the truth that people are maybe suffering from a lack of peace in their life. Whether it's outside the four walls of the church or even inside the church, something I hear often is that people are struggling with their peace. And I find this tough to hear when I have conversations with people because I truly believe that we have an incredible God who has made a way for us to have peace in the hardest times. So often um, our circumstances, what we're going through directly is in correlation to how we're feeling and whether or not we have peace. So maybe at uni, things are going really well. Maybe in your relationship, things are going, well, going really well. Maybe your bank account's doing really, really well. And because of that, you have peace. But then when things go, start to go bad, you can start to lose your peace. So it's up and down and it's all around. But I believe that God has made a way for us to have a rest and a peace in our soul, no matter what we're going through. And the cool thing is that, is that Jesus talks about this very thing and he gives us some incredible and profound insights in how we can have rest in our soul no matter what we're going through. Do you want to hear what Jesus has to say? Yeah. Who's excited to hear it? I'm excited to hear it and I've been preaching it to myself for the past like month. So let's get into it. But before I do, I just want to let you know some really true and brutal facts on this topic that I found on the Beyond Blue website. It said this, one in seven Australians experience depression in their lifetime. One in four, an anxiety disorder. One in 16 currently, right now, in this room are experiencing depression. One in seven have anxiety right now in this room. And eight people die every day in Australia because of suicide. Six out of those eight being men. Now, this is serious stuff. And when I looked at that and I saw those stats, I realised that this is something that, man, it needs to be preached on all the time in the church because this is real. Like, this is serious. And if Jesus has something to say about it, bless you, um, (laughs) then we need to hear what he has to say. Now, I'm going to read this to you, and as I'm reading it, I want you to kind of think about the words that Jesus is saying. So it's chapter 11, and it's verses 25 through to 30, and this is what it says. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me 
by my father and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him now this is the really good part come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest for your soul i always say for your soul when that part isn't actually until like verse 30 and i will give you rest say rest Take my yoke, say yoke, upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are some profound insights in that text. And one of the first things that screams off the page when I read it is when Jesus says, come to me. That's key right there. Because the problem is, so often God is our last resort instead of being our first response. And now that's true for people who don't believe in Jesus, but unfortunately it can also be true for people who do believe in Jesus. So often when we're going through something, um, something tough, an issue, a problem arises in our life, so often we can think to the natural things, try and find a natural solution to our problem, instead of going to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace who has a spiritual, supernatural answer to the thing that we are struggling with. If you want to have peace in your life, you need to go to the Prince of Peace. You need to be willing to humble yourself and say, God, I need you. I actually need you right now. We need to, be, we need to have that mentality. When things aren't going right, God, I need you. Can you show up? Can you help me? We need to see our God as our Father in heaven who, who loves us. And when we start to see Him that way, we're going to be more willing to go to Him when we are in need. Now, Jesus says at the start of this text, He says in verse 25, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Now, when you first read that, it may not make a lot of sense, but it actually links in with the whole come to me and I'll give you rest part of the passage. So Jesus is saying there are certain things that are hidden from the wise and the understanding that have been revealed to little children. Now, peace and how we access peace is one of these things, one of these kingdom principles that is somehow revealed to little children, the humble that the wise and the understanding just haven't seemed to quite get. Now, I'm a teacher and I've taught primary school kids and I've also taught secondary school kids. And I've noticed something really interesting about the two. Primary school kids are always, always willing to ask for help when they, when they have a problem. Like, they don't really care if they come across looking stupid or anything like that. They're willing to just say, help me. And it could be a ridiculous problem. My sister, she teaches in the primary school and she, her stories about teaching are way better than mine because she has kids come to her all the, all the time and ask for help about the craziest of things, but they don't seem to care. They're willing to ask for help. And because they're willing to ask for help, they actually get solutions to their problems. But unfortunately, for the, for the wise, for adults, us who have it all together, we can seem to shy away or maybe be a little bit too prideful to ask for help when we truly need it. And that's an issue and that's a problem because we need to come to the Prince of Peace if we are going to receive peace in our hearts and in our lives. 
Little kids, they also know in their hearts, and if you're here this morning and you are a parent and you have children, you will notice that your kids, there's been a point when they were younger where they always asked for help, they were willing to ask for help. And as they got older, maybe they asked for help less. And the other reason for why they're willing to ask for help, not just because they're humble, but they also know that they have a mom and a dad who love them so much, right? And because they have a mom and a dad that love them so much, they know that they want to ask for help because they know that their parents who love them so much, they're going to do everything that they can to help fix the problem. So a little kid, like they can have a spaz, right? They can just spaz out. Has anyone ever seen a little kid have a spaz out? Yeah, but once they have their little spaz out and eventually they get their answer, they're able to move on. And they can start to live with peace and they can start to be happy again. Whereas we're not really like that and we hold on to stuff and it kind of st- stirs up inside of us and all of a sudden we have no rest in our soul. Now, as we get older, there seems to be this thing that happens where we no longer kind of view people in our lives as people who, if we share our concerns and our worries with, that they're going to be able to come in and swoop in and fix our problem the way we believed our parents would when we were little, little kids. Because... For a lot of us, the thing that we don't understand is that although we're getting closer in maturity and age to our parents, we actually have a Father in heaven who is all-powerful, who can actually intercede and help us in our time of trouble. So we need to humble ourselves and say, Father, I need your help, just just like a little kid will. And when we start to do that, we can have access to this supernatural peace, which is available to us. So the first thing Jesus says is, come. Who's going to start going to Jesus more often? Come on. I know this is something that I learned the hard way. We need to come to Jesus more often. We need to get the revelation that Jesus isn't just a good idea, right? A lot of us believe in Jesus. And every now and then we'll spend a little bit of time, a little bit of time with him. But when you actually come to, you have the revelation that Jesus is everything that you need, that you need him like you need oxygen, like you need water, like you need food, that is going to change your life. And I tell you why, because one of the biggest peace thieves is believing that you need anything other than Jesus. It is one of the biggest peace thieves, especially for young people. Because what do young people think? Oh, they think that they need to be in a relationship to have peace. Like, man, I I need a man. Sometimes I hear my sister say that. (laughs) I used to say that all the time. I need a woman, God. When are you going to send a lady into my life? And he actually did, which is pretty awesome. Hey, baby. But in all seriousness, let's get real. Sometimes as young people, we're thinking, hey, there's all these people getting married all around me. They seem to have it all together. Where's my man? Where's my, where's my woman? And we think that we need that. And if we're going to be truly honest, we get to the point where we really want that more than we want Jesus. I know that's the, that happened to me. And that's my truth. I've been through that. I was in a relationship for three and a half years. Um, Really nice girl, to be honest. Great, great girl. Um, There was a bit of a problem there, and that was that she didn't have a relationship with Jesus like I did. Um, And I learned the hard way that Jesus is everything I needed from that relationship. Because unfortunately, what I did is I put all my hopes and all of my dreams into that person. And that wasn't a very wise thing to do. Because what it meant was, is 
whether I had a good day or a bad day, that was pretty much linked to how things were going in that relationship. So if she was giving me a lot of attention and things like that, I would be really up and about and I would be at peace and I would be loving life. Whereas if she wasn't replying to all my text messages and things like that, I'd be second guessing things like, oh, what's going on? Is she seeing another man? What is happening here? And it would ruin my day and I would have no peace in my heart. What was the problem? I tied myself to this girl and it was unhealthy and God didn't make me for that. And then all of a sudden, after three and a half years, when this girl actually broke up with me, everyone can say, oh, it was devastating, guys. It was terrible. And one of the reasons it was so devastating is because Jesus wasn't everything that I needed. Because if Jesus was everything that I needed, if I had that revelation when she broke up with me, I wouldn't have stopped her from breaking up with me, but when she broke up with me, I would have been more okay. And instead of going into a dark place and having no joy in my life and no peace in my heart for the next six months or however long it was until God came in and rescued me from that situation, instead of being in that dark place, I still would have had peace. I still would have been okay. I still would have had joy because Jesus would have been everything I needed, not that girl. So that is something that we need to understand. If we want peace in our lives, we need to come to the understanding that Jesus isn't just a good idea. He is everything that we need. And when we start to believe that Jesus is everything that we need, something organically is going to take place. And that is we are going to tie ourselves to him. And then there's another really cool word that Jesus uses there, and that is yoke yourself. So when we read here in verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So Jesus is saying, pretty much tie yourself to me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What we have to come to understand is that we are all tied to something or we are all yoked to something the reason i say that is because why else would jesus say come and take my yoke upon you what he's saying is everyone is yoked to something everyone's tied to something stop being tied to that thing and start being tied to me that's what jesus is saying now a yoke i'll just let me teach you for a second people um a yoke is a a some of you have had me as a teacher and you're like oh no Um, A yoke is a wooden cross piece which is tied to two animals attached to a plough and they pull um, the plough along with it. So it's like a heavy burden on top of an animal. So a yoke is something burdensome and depending on the yoke, the bigger it is, the heavier it is, the worse it is. Jesus is saying, hey, that yoke, that thing that you're tied to, that thing that you put all your hopes and all your dreams in, get that thing off of you and yoke yourself to me. You weren't made to be yoked to that thing. You were made to be yoked to me. That is what Jesus is saying here. That is what he's saying. It's time to yoke yourself to me. Now, he's talking to us right now because that is the amazing thing about the Bible. You can take this stuff um, and it's just as relevant now as it was then. But just so you know, the people that Jesus was talking to in this moment, he was talking to Jews at the time and they were yoked to something. They were tied to something. The thing that they were yoked to was the law. Everyone say law. Law. Now, the law was bad, guys. It was real bad. They didn't have it good like we've got it now. Like now, you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. I'm all in. And man, he wipes your sins away. It's an amazing thing. He can turn turn your life around, 
right? And all of a sudden, all, all of your stuff-ups, all of, all of your mistakes, he takes those upon himself. And he, man, he nailed the, that stuff to the cross when he died for you. And that's an amazing thing. But these guys at the time, they're living before the crucifixion. They're living before Jesus had done that thing. So how did they get right with God? Well, the way these guys got right with God was by following all of the hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of rules and regulations. When they stuffed up, which I'm sure they did because everyone stuffs up, amen? Amen. So what did they have to do? They needed to go and do a burn offering, like a sacrifice or whatever it is to get right with, right with God. Imagine right now, in order for you to be right with God, you had to quickly have a look at your day and think, okay, okay, where did I stuff up? Where did I go wrong? What are the things that I did wrong? make a big list of all of it, and then go off and do a bunch of burn offerings and sacrifices and stuff to make up for all of it. And at the end of the day, you're like, all right, cool, I'm right with God. Like imagine the weight and the burden and the yoke of doing that all the time. Well, that was the life of these people. So they're listening to this Jesus person, and Jesus is saying, hey, do away with that. The law, don't yoke yourself to that. Don't tie yourself to that. Get that off of you. Come and tie yourself to me. Yoke yourself to me. What are you yoked to, Bright Church? What are you yoked to? Are you yoked to Jesus or are you yoked to something else? Maybe you're yoked to a person. Maybe you're yoked to your money. Maybe you're yoked to your job. Maybe you're yoked to your university course. And what's a really good way of finding out? Well, if that thing is going really well, then you have peace in your heart. But if that thing is not going well, then you seem to have a total lack of peace in your heart. God, he didn't design you for that. Jesus designed you to be yoked to him. So if stuff isn't going well in your relationship for some reason, or maybe stuff isn't going well at home in your friendship groups, you can still be at peace. Why? Because you're yoked to Jesus. And the peace that he offers, it almost doesn't make sense in the world because it doesn't matter what is happening around you, you can still be at peace because you have him. Now, the other thing that we need to remember when it comes to accessing this rest for our souls. And this is the one that I struggled with for a really long time. And I think that a lot of Christians struggle with this. And it is in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Say, learn from me. I keep asking you to repeat after me. I'm sorry about that. I just want, I just want to get a little bit of feedback, a little bit of interaction, because that's the way I am. Um, learn from me. So why is that significant? Because often I'll read over this and I'm like, oh yeah, Jesus is saying, yeah, come get rest of your soul, come hang out with me, you're going to feel all better, oh yeah, yeah, cool, yada, yada. But the thing that I noticed is, even though I had a relationship with God to some extent, right, and I believed in God, I still, man, I didn't have rest in my soul. So did that mean that this passage of scripture wasn't true? Well, no, because this is the Bible, right? And everything in the Bible, it is, it is truth, this book. I mean, this book, this is truth right here. So, it must be that I was missing something. And this is one of the things that I'd missed. Jesus says, hey, don't just come to me. Don't just make me number one, but show me that I'm number one in your life by learning from me and walking with me. So many of us believe in Jesus, but when it comes to actually learning from Jesus and walking with Jesus, that's a whole other thing. And that can be really tough and really hard for us to do. Jesus wants us to actually walk it out. And Pastor Ben talked about it last week. Man, we've got to see Jesus as Lord of our lives, not only our Savior. And when we start to walk it out, He will work it out. God wants us to actually have a relationship with Jesus where we learn from Him. So what does that look like practically? 
Well, for me, a few things started to change in my life when I made him Lord of my life and I started to learn from Jesus. My habits started to change, just that my behaviors, the things that I did. All of a sudden, I realized, man, that if I want to be close to Jesus, I want to have peace in my life. Because I can, get, I can get pretty stressed out, guys, with work and kids going nuts and stuff like that. I actually had to spend time with Jesus in the mornings. I'm like, I'm actually going to have to spend time with you, Jesus, if I want to become like you, if I want to learn from you. So that was one of the biggest things. I, I started committing myself to church, um, to different events and stuff like that. I, I decided that I wanted to hang around the, the right people more often. One of the other big things that I had to start doing and I felt really convicted about was I was going to have to actually start being real with people that I believed in Jesus. Because for me, for a long time, I kind of hit it. I was kind of like an undercover Christian. Because I went to schools where everyone just like paid out the Christian person and the guy who believed in God. So I just kind of, I, I didn't used to talk about it. And I made a habit of not talking about it. So I needed to change my behaviors and become confident enough confident enough in myself and my identity in God where I was willing to actually say, yeah, well, this is what I believe. This is where it's at. And I don't care what you think. I love Jesus more than I care about what you think. So that was one of the big things that needed to change for me. And I actually started to learn from Jesus. And as I started to walk with Jesus, I noticed I started to have this this transcendent peace, this rest in my soul. We need to come to Jesus. We've got to see him as the Prince of Peace. We also have to yoke ourselves to him, tie ourselves to him and walk with him. And guys, when you start doing that, you're going to have a rest in your soul that transcends understanding. It transcends understanding. I'm actually going to invite you guys to stand, um, if you could. We're getting near the end of this, which you're probably excited about. It's a quick sermon. No, I mean, because we get to go out for dinner, guys. I don't love dinner and I'm hungry. As I was spending time with God this week, um, I read a passage of scripture that it really spoke to me. And I I kind of felt like God was saying, this is my promise for people. This is my promise if they decide to come to me, tie themselves to me and walk with me. They're going to have access to this promise. Now, this promise is in Isaiah and it was written for the people of Israel, God's people. Guess who are God's people today? Guess who they are? That people, it's, it's us, it's us. It's the people who decide to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. So this is written to us and this is our promise from God and I believe it is so encouraging. The prophet Isaiah says this in verses 10 to 12 in chapter 54. He says, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed says the lord who has compassion on you O afflicted one storm tossed and not comforted and maybe that's how you feel today maybe you feel afflicted maybe you feel storm tossed maybe you feel uncomforted this is for you this is what jesus is going to do behold i will set your stones in antimony And I will lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of a gate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your wall of precious stones. Now there's a bunch of words there that you may not know what they mean. And they're pretty hard to pronounce. But I tell you right now, what God is basically saying is, He's saying, I'm going to make you into a beautiful fortress. Now one of the... One of the elements there 
the antimony, that is that element is fire resistant. And that's an important revelation right there. Because what God is saying is, hey, I'm going to make you in a beautiful fortress, but the fortress that you're made of is going to be fire resistant. Now, God is not saying that he's going to stop the fire, but he is saying that you're going to be able to stand up in the fire. And that is the covenant of peace that he's making with you and with his people. So it doesn't matter what life throws at you. It doesn't matter what what goes down in the relationship that you're in, if things don't work out with the person that you maybe you thought you're going to end up marrying. It doesn't matter if you lose your job. It doesn't matter if your bank account isn't looking as full as you would like. It doesn't matter if maybe you have a breakdown in one of your friendships. You will still be able to live with peace in your heart because that fire is no match for what you are made of. Because God has made you a precious fortress, a beautiful fortress. You're coated with a material that will allow you to withstand the fires of life. So right now I want to give people an opportunity to respond. So if every single eye closed in this place, if you feel as though maybe you've yoked yourself to the wrong thing or tied yourself to the wrong thing, then I want to give you an opportunity to put your hand up and say, hey God, that's me. I think I've tied myself to the wrong thing. I think there's actually something in my life that controls my peace and my happiness more than my relationship with you. So if that, if that is you, then I just want you to put up your hand right now and just acknowledge it and say, you know what, that's me. That's me. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm being honest, God, that's me. Awesome, guys, you can put your hands down. I'm gonna pray. Father God, I thank you so much. So much that you are everything that we need. And sometimes we can think that there's other stuff that we need more than you, but the reality is you are everything that we need. And Father God, I pray for every single person in this room right now, especially the ones who put up their hand and they acknowledge that, hey, you know what? I think that I've yoked myself to the wrong stuff. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that they would have such an incredible revelation of who you are and what you have done for them, that they would just feel such an attraction to you, that you will be the only thing that they want to yoke themselves to. Father, in the morning when they wake up, they're not going to be thinking about anything other than how awesome you are. Father God, I pray um, for people who maybe have tied themselves to the wrong things, that you would remove those things out of their life. Father God, I pray that you break it off in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, take them deeper with you, Father. May they have a great revelation of your incredible love. And Lord Jesus, I just pray blessing and favour over them in the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.